Hey y'all, welcome back to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis, and today I speak with Kristen Dunsmore. We dive into what we believe are the qualifications you need to begin your journey as a powerlifting coach. We also dive into what we did to start our journeys as we began into the world of powerlifting coaching. And it was a good chat, y'all. Like we had to like think back to when we first started coaching, kind of think about like what we were reading and what we did to learn about how to program, how to coach. Um, And then we talked a lot about like how there's different resources today that are much easier to find that directly talk about how to program and how people should take advantage of those if they're going to start coaching. So good chat. I really enjoyed it. I love talking to Kristen all about coaching. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to Apple or Spotify, please leave leave a five-star rating and review. Appreciate it very much, and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. All right, y'all. I'm back back with Christy. What's up? Well, I guess we're going to hear Christy. It's Chris and then D, like Chris Dunsmore, not Christy. That's how it started. My, like, I, my Instagram was Chris D, and this I've had that since over 10 years now. And now, no, my name is Kristen, but no one ever calls me that. It's Chris. Apparently, that's my name now. So, Christy is how I'm introduced to people. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, do you like being called Chris? Just used to it. Oh, I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I'm <laughs> indifferent. It doesn't matter. I'm used to it now. Fine. <laughs> I'm so particular. Like, people have tried to give me nicknames. Like, oh, can I call you Soul? I'm like, if you add Anna at the end, yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, I feel like now everyone is just referred to by their Instagram handle. Yes. <laughs> and so my full name's in there too. So I'm like, there's really no excuse here. I need the whole name in there. Like yeah. Solana, Solana, whatever. <laughs> Solana Lifts. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to talk to Solana Lifts today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So we guys, I like our topic for today. Me and Chris brainstormed. Plus we did a little Q, no, not Q&A. An ask me box for like people to give us topics and thankfully people gave you some good topics because people give me <laughs> topics to ask like you questions as if I'm going to interview you so now I know going forward if I'm asking for topics be clear like me and Kristen are going to talk about a powerlifting topic what should that topic be not yeah. like interview Kristen about like <laughs> the same question I get asked every other time I know I feel bad like, oh. it's right. like my butt cheek <laughs> yeah my butt hates me it's fine all right but so I'm gonna read the question directly it is from Jurassic Mike okay <laughs> get to call him out thank you for giving us the question <laughs> What do you consider the minimum qualifications to provide coaching for beginners? The minimum qualifications. The <laughs> That's minimum. tough. I know. So, huh. I'll minimum qualification. Yeah, you you, you go and then I'll probably think of something. So, we know everyone likes to be a coach. <laughs> like, we've all experienced a person who does one meet. And like, then mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, coaching link in bio. And you're like, you just did your first meet and you figured out how to squat the depth in the last attempt. But you <laughs> tell people how to do it. All right. Awesome. 
Um, but I will say, and I'm like really pulling this out of butt here, but I think you should be at bare minimum have been competing for at least two years consistently. And in my mind, I see that as doing five to six meets because like two to three a year, bare minimum. Okay. And then from there, I think you need to have been going out of your way to research how to program. Today is way easier than when me and you got started. <laughs> but I did before I started coaching. So I've been competing for like two and a half years. And a lot happened that time. It was like first meet and then first nationals after that and then went to Worlds and didn't know what was going on, but like won it and then I like kept going. So like a lot happened that time. I also have my degree in exercise science. I'm not gonna pretend like that really helped with programming, but it helped with something. <laughs> um, and I've been working as a personal trainer already for like four years. So for me, I was just already experienced with training people. So throughout that time, I was like under, trying to understand programming. I was reading a lot of Juggernaut, whatever mm-hmm. chat would post. He had a book out too. I read that. I read, what was it called? The Trifecta Theory? Oh, no. Triphasic? Oh my God, thank you. Triphasic Training. I read yeah. Triphasic Training, which is great for just, you know, getting helping people get strong but it's really not for like Walmart max but like, that's that what we was <laughs> uh what the heck is his name uh he used to be the strength and conditioning coach for the carolina panthers i think that's the book okay. you're because it's more of like a strength and conditioning kind of yeah. pro yeah okay i can't yeah, think of his name <laughs> it's gonna come to me and like right when we're ending i'm gonna just shout a random name and people would be like what and then it used to be like, oh, because I, I I remembered. <laughs> Did you read a book? It was like an MMA an MMA book that everyone was reading to help you like use oh. a stronger. I read that book like four times. Really, I do remember that book too, and I also forgot the name of the author. Oh my god, I'm horrible. <laughs> Me too. It was this MMA book that everyone was using it because he was teaching how to like use certain cardios to help mm-hmm. you. Like between sets, you recover better for strength training. So yeah. I was obsessed with that book, and it will come to me too. It's probably in my email, honestly. <laughs> Do you remember what it said? Uh, I remember that's how I learned H. I'm literally on Instagram. That's how I learned H I R T, high intensity resistance training. And then I, uh-huh. I would have like a bunch of my clients doing like weighted step ups for like 20 minutes straight. It was one step up per five seconds for 20 minutes straight and it was supposed to help you like help your type one muscle fibers which are used for aerobic capacity help turn some of those into type two so that you could then recover faster when you're doing strength training that was like a big part of the book really yes oh my god yeah I do not remember that part wait so you had your clients doing step-ups for 20 minutes <laughs> I, it would be like okay to be fair it was, it was the clients who asked for cardio and I was okay. not one to say yeah just go run or yeah just go like uh, walk I was like you're gonna do 20 minutes step up now I will say though I did it myself it did help me in between like those sets to like yeah. have the recovery versus doing I guess <laughs> in theory would that be like doing the stairmaster it could be, but you have one step per five seconds, and it would have to be hard. So, like you have to add like a weighted vest or like hold. Oh dump. my god! So, like you could, but like, I don't know how you go that slow on there. Yeah, that's just... their version of their version of hit. But their version of hit was like ten seconds on. It had to be either 
sprinting on a bike, like really fast pedaling on a bike, or a Versa climber. Lamar. I actually love Versa climber. He could use your arms. Or uh, sprints, like up an incline, and it was 10 seconds, really hard, and then 50 seconds off. Oh my God. <laughs> for like 10 minutes, and you try to get to 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> hey, so, that's, yeah, it's been on a tangent about this book. We'll obligate you, y'all. I'm going to put the book in the show notes just so you can read it. It's not going to help you with powerlifting, but if you just want to know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> I'll put the book in the show notes. Anywho, <laughs> but what I will say is, I think with today, we have so much like information. Like we have literally powerlifting now with like four powerlifting coaches who are putting out information about exactly what to do to program and so much about powerlifting. We have YouTube channels that give you direct info for powerlifting. Um, like we have Marcellus Williams, we have Steve Novi. Like, so I feel like along with at least a minimum two years competing, you should be constantly on a weekly basis educating yourself. And then writing out programs. And then I will even say, like, go to a coach who's willing to help you and be like, does this program, like, make sense? Like, does the structure of this programming make sense that you will at least say, okay, there's something someone could try Mm -hmm. that, like, is realistic. Obviously, you don't have the rational human being. You don't have a guinea pig yet. So you can't see how they progress. But I feel like that could be, like, at least a bare minimum. And when I say bare minimum, I mean, like, this is what it takes to then start coaching your friends for free. <laughs> like, like that's what I mean my bare minimum. Like, so now you can like offer programming for like zero dollars to your friend or for like thirty dollars just to say you get something out of it and give it a shot. Yeah. There's a lot of uh powerlifting coaches on the internet now. And I think what pisses me off even more is like some of them probably have more clients than I do just because they're better at marketing than I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so now that you gave your insight, I would say the minimum qualifications is, um, I mean, I would say competing for sure, um, just because I think that the, you can't, you you will never understand your athlete until you've done a competition yourself. So, I mean, whether that's three or four meets or, or five meets, I don't know. Um, but definitely having at least some competition meets under your belt, ideally, like I would say beyond just the local level, like if you've competed at nationals, even cause it is different, right? Like competing at nationals versus a local meet. Um, and then obviously understanding the rules is important. If you're going to coach someone, you should know, uh, <laughs> what the rules are. Um, like I've, yeah, I've seen some really fun, interesting stuff at these, some local meets before with coaches. Um, I would say that education is a plus, but like you said, um, exercise science didn't really, it's not going to teach you powerlifting programming specifically. Um, I think it's helpful because there's, it makes you maybe understand like physiology and what's happening when you lift weights and how your muscles are getting bigger but I, I don't <laughs> physiology was like I feel like the only thing that helped me as a coach died yeah years and fifty thousand dollars on um yep. <laughs> taking a course somewhere else that was pivotal you understand first of all where your bones are okay and then what muscles are there and then <laughs> that's yeah. you but like that was it Nothing yeah <laughs> um so I would say it's helpful but I don't think that it has to necessarily be a requirement. Um, 
but at least someone who's active in, in learning. So at least if you're reading, um, you know, maybe doing your own kind of research, um, but at least actively learning is important. Um, and what else? I would say having a coach of your own too, uh, an experienced coach, because they can kind of be your mentor. And I find that um, most coaches in general are going to program and coach how their own coach coaches, you know, and then as you get more comfortable, uh, maybe you kind of add your own little flavor to it. But uh, like for myself, I know for a long time, I programmed the way that my old coach would. And then when I started working with another coach, like my, I kind of changed up my ideas a little bit. And then like, it was more heavily on. So like I worked with um, Zach Robinson from data driven strength for a little while. And um, I, once I started working with him, it was like my training style kind of blended to how he programmed. So I think um, working with a reputable coach, because if you have a shitty coach and he's giving you shitty program, you don't want to be giving out shitty programs. Um, but yeah, so I guess that would be my minimum. And then of course working, you can't just all of a sudden be a coach and then decide you're going to start charging for training. So the, the final component would be working with friends and family and offering to give them free coaching. Um, and that way you can, learn and get some feedback from them before you actually start, you know, turning this into a coaching business. Yes, that's huge. Especially, I'm happy you mentioned the coach thing because the entire time before I started coaching, I had an online coach because I yeah. immediately, when I discovered the sport of I got a coach right away. Um, yeah. And that online coaching was huge because it really showed me like, at least, okay, here's how they deliver the program. Here's how I'm getting stronger. I have all that to look at. Okay, this is what, how he makes adjustments when things aren't going well. That gave me a lot of insight where if I had never seen an online coaching program besides Googling it, I would have never been able to like understand how to coach somebody online at all. Yeah. And the, there's a lot of programs that you can buy for free online, right? Or buy for free free <laughs> <laughs> that are free uh but it's just like it's a program you know it's like a I don't know three by five at 70 percent very basic and then how do you modify that depending on the athlete and then of course like you know once you learn that some athletes might respond to higher volume other athletes seem to respond better to maybe higher intensity or practicing more singles more frequently um, those things, and this is like data that you can track over time with like a good Excel spreadsheet or a good coaching software, um, that you're not going to get from just a free program that you found on the internet. Yes. And that's why, just like you're saying, like, and I mentioned, okay, that's the bare minimum to start coaching for free, like for yes. zero dollars. um, because you do need to have people who worked with you as a full-on client and you took them through an entire program and got them to the platform and you see how it goes. Because I believe for myself, because I started like 2018 when I just started dabbling in online coaching, but I was still doing full-time personal training. But mm -hmm. until 20, 2020, 2020, I'm fully online. Um, and, really? And before, yeah. Before that, it was like I had like up to eight 
online clients the entire time because I was more focused on in person but also I didn't feel comfortable taking on a lot because I was really trying to learn like how can I really get this person stronger and, and progress them and then we do two meets and three meets and I've had I'm thankful to people who I started with because I did I will say I started charging it was like forty dollars but I did start charging right away because I do yeah. believe that some people if you don't charge anything they won't even like respond to you so I feel like it's okay to charge a little bit just to like the person like, all right, I did pay you. Like maybe I should actually do it. And that's how I got my people to kind of stick with me. Um, But yeah, like by the time I got 2020, I had people who started with me in 2018 and two <laughs> years went by and like, they stayed with me the whole time. I took them to like four meets. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wait yeah. a minute. They got stronger the whole time. They had injuries that the programming cleaned up just because they had like bad coaching before. It wasn't even like they're really injured. Just like, okay, well, if you, burn them into the ground with certain things and don't tell them to even warm up like the yeah. so like that was, yeah. that was huge for me yeah I don't know I think another one too that people and this I don't think this would be a bare minimum but I and this is also not a good way to gauge a coach too so I just want to throw that out there but like who is the coach coached right so if you're looking for a coach um you know, who have they worked with in the past and what, what is that athlete? How is that athlete done? Now there's like some caveats to that because if you're working with an elite athlete who's already elite and then they take you on or you take them on as a, a client, like, is it your coaching that made them elite or is it just because you're lucky enough to work with a genetic freak? Yes. Um, <laughs> and again, I don't think that would be a, a great way to determine like a, a coach because I think that there's also coaches who work with really good athletes um but maybe they're not great coaches they just have a lot of clout um yeah. and it kind of makes you wonder how good their the athlete could be potentially if they were like under a good program but you know anyway <laughs> well I also think the too. um I fully agree with that but then also the opposite where like you might have a few clients like the person reaches out to a client who straight up is not on top of their stuff outside of the gym because I mm, that's yeah I was the athlete who like I took products seriously so I didn't miss a session but I was surviving off fast food I drank more coffee than water I slept four hours a night I was working three jobs at one point I had a point where in my life where I was starting to fall asleep driving and I got nervous for my own life because I was oh like my, God. my life's a mess and like that's when I worked with a, a different coach and like I wasn't progressing and I felt bad because I did not communicate everything happening in my life yeah. at all so it was like just going downhill but it was like well how can we really do a good job here so if you had reached out to me back then and I remember I didn't have this perspective yet I would have told you this coach was mediocre yeah good they're still yeah. great today. It was me. So like, you should reach out to a couple of people, maybe, that they coach. Oh, 100, yeah, 100%. I always say, like, um, so, like, when I offer coaching, I'll always do, a like, a, an initial call, like, consultation, pretty much, just because I think, you know, coaches have different personalities, right? Like, if if you are, if you want someone to, like, you know, be over your shoulder with everything you do and be very like militant. That's not me. Cause that's just not my personality. Right. Um, so I do think that sh I guess shopping around, but that's actually what you're doing. Like you're shopping for a coach. Right. Um, and so 
for newer coaches, like, I think that would be important too, is like offering some sort of free call or at least an incentive for them to, to talk to you and get to know you better. I agree with that too. That's huge. Like I do a, it's technically a 15 minute consultation, but like it's really up to half an hour. Um, yeah, it's yeah. half an hour if we're vibing. It's 15 minutes strictly if we're not vibing. If you're oh. trying to get off the call, you're like, oh, I gotta go. Thanks for talking <laughs> no. to me. Bye. God bless and then good luck with your search. <laughs> but that just happens sometimes where you're like, I don't think our personalities will go well. And I even yeah. have someone who is starting with me very soon and they had coaches before me and like the coaches aren't necessarily bad, but there's one coach they mentioned they're like, we just, our personalities clash so, so much that I, I started to just not love it. And I yeah. knew it was like my, the coach and that's okay. Cause I've had clients who like saved me for three months and then we both kind of mutually decide this should go somewhere else. And I'm like, we just aren't, I don't know, like <laughs> it's not gelling. I'm trying my best, but we ain't yeah. gelling. <laughs> yeah. I know, that's true. Like, really, I actually told someone this coach will be a better fit for you because me and you are just it is obvious at that point too that our person's not that happy either. <laughs> no, I, I can't say that I, I have. I mean, I, no, I haven't. Um, I've had people who like want to start doing weightlifting, and I'm like, well, I'm not a weightlifting coach, so <laughs> you know, I can put weightlifting exercises into the program, but I'm not comfortable cueing you. And if you're trying to do a meet, you should probably go with a weightlifting coach. Um, if I've had a coach or a client who is just I just kind of cross my fingers and hope that they leave, to be honest. Like I, if they're working with me, I'm going to do what I'm, you know, supposed to do. But once they kind of like, Hey, I think this, you know, going to part ways. I'm like, thank God. Yes. Uh, that, like, that's totally what mostly happens. Like that's what happened to me like one time where I actually stood like, Hey, I think you should go somewhere else. But to be honest, clearly they wanted West side programming. I don't understand how they got the idea that I would give them that because our call went so well I was yeah. programming it was not west side so but every response <laughs> was they them not being happy because they literally wanted like blow your back out rp 10 singles on a weekly basis for every lift and like when i tell you it made no sense by the time they left me they were on track that week to hit a new three rep match for their squat and deadlift and we were about to do a single of their bench like five pounds less than their more of max like rp like seven like they were and doing they left and they left because they were just like, I'm, I just want the heavy, heavy singles. And I'm like, you're six months out. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I make, give you all singles? Yeah. Well, if, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do West Side, why don't you go to a West Side coach? <laughs> I was like, nothing about my content shows that I would have given you what you asked for. So I was like, yeah, God bless you. Good, goodbye. Like, I mean, I always yeah. thought like, when they agreed, I gave them like a one sentence response and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> you're like okay bye <laughs> yeah. I will say that I think um like the coach coach athlete relationship is huge and I think that's something that like people uh and we might have talked about this on a, a previous podcast but the the coach client relationship and the problem with doing something like a template and you know, there's always going to be pros and cons to that. But one of the main cons would be like, if you're working on a template or working out of a template, you don't really have access to a coach where, Hey, maybe there's a, you haven't been sleeping well, or, you know, you've been traveling a lot and falling asleep at the wheel and, you know, eating fast food. 
um, like all those things are going to have an effect on performance. And as a coach, when someone tells you that it's like, it's your job to kind of modify, you know, as needed. And if you're, and, and this is something maybe even as a newer coach too, right. Where it's like, they have a program and they're really great at programming, but what happens when your athlete, you know, gets injured or, um, you know, super stressed, uh, some life event there, I don't know, boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them and they're all like upset and not training and like how do you modify that and these are things that I think come with experience that you can't just kind of I don't know you can't, like it, it's something you just have to learn on your own you just you don't know it offhand does that make sense I feel like I just went on a tangent there <laughs> like a, a real tangent. that does make a lot of sense and I will say too I was very happy that the coach I worked with before I started coaching, he would do a weekly check-in where you ask some questions out that were not all about just in the gym, but outside the gym, because I've definitely made mine more detailed now, but that's a huge one where like, if I can get insight on like your nutrition, your sleep, your stress, then I, and then if I see the stress is like past the seven, I'm like, all right, like something happening, like, because that's what's going to help you, especially when you track your clients closely and you're like, numbers are all going not the right, the right way. Before I change this program, fill mm-hmm. out this for me. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, like a client recently. She's like in meat prep, right? So like she is doing a lot of singles, heavy singles and everything was going great. And then um, like within the last, oh, it was like two weeks. Cause it was like the first week. Sometimes it's like, all right, let's just kind of like see how it goes. Um, But it's been like, two weeks where she's starting to see like a reduction in performance. I'm like, what's going on? Like, because you were doing well. And I know we just came off of like a, a, a light little deload leading into this like peaking block. Like there's, there's something else. And so I kind of just asked her, I was like, Hey, is, is everything okay? You know, like I know training's kind of hard, but like, are you okay? Um, and just that question is, are you okay? And then she kind of, <laughs> you know, let me know what was going on. And then when she said that, I was like, okay, like that makes sense. Now I know what to do. Now I, you know, I can modify your training appropriately. Um, Even if it's like, I need a mental day and just like take a day off from training. And then, you know, like we'll make up for it later on in the week kind of thing. Yes. That, I mean, it's really huge. I mean, you can get your clients like communicate what's going on inside the gym. So that's a big one. Like, if you're going to start coaching, make sure you're asking questions. I would say just have a weekly check-in sheet. Like, I think everyone needs one. Like, yeah. <laughs> it makes it easier yeah. because there will come that time where all of a sudden things are weird. And, like, I remember I was newer. I would always go to change, to adjust in the program if I saw numbers were just not going in the right direction without necessarily asking if anything else was happening. Because, like, my, yeah. I've been talking to the client, but I would just ask questions about the gym. Like, how do you feel today? Oh, fatigue. Okay, I didn't ask if you slept well, though, or if you ate. I just yeah. <laughs> fatigue. I gotta pull back, and it's like maybe you didn't have to pull back at all, and now you're making all these adjustments, and like, yeah. oh, it might go downhill. Yeah, and that yeah, and so it's like some in those situations, you know, instead of changing the program, it's like, all right, well, this week I want you to try to get at least seven hours of sleep yeah. this week, you know, and and that's gonna be my adjustment, um, or like increase your protein intake or or whatever the the issue is, but. Um, I, there's so much that goes into programming beyond just 
training and just as a coach, um, being able to, you know, like work with your client based off of life stress, not just training fatigue. Yes. Now, the next question I want to dive into is, what are your requirements or even maybe bare minimums that how ask the question <laughs> your requirements to take on a new client basically like do you have any particular thing where you're like you have to have this much experience you have to have done blah 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 in order to work with me or just like hey as long as we do the call and we are vibing and you have some goals that make sense and are smart let's do it so I've kind of opened up my tr so for a long time I was a and, and I still am um powerlifting coach that's my niche I'm consider myself like well-versed in powerlifting coaching um but I also realize that it's a very small niche and if I want to you know grow and expand and help others you're probably gonna have to transition more to general training um so I don't really have like a like I work with clients who have competed at worlds I've worked with clients who have never step foot on the platform yet um and we're learning the basics i have clients who have no desire to to compete and they just you know like working out uh because it feels good and um they're getting older so yeah I, I guess i don't really have a requirement um yeah i don't i can't say that i have a requirement other than like if i'm full at capacity and i just can't take you on at the moment what about you? Do you have like a, a minimum? I do. I think they're you all there. Um, so for me, I'm mm -hmm. actually, I kind of am the opposite of you where I niche down to just powerlifting and yeah. I won't take you on unless you want to compete in powerlifting. You don't have to have already competed because I take on plenty of beginners, but you have yes. to, want to compete. Um, if we get to a point together later on where like, you're like, we want to break from powerlifting, we want to keep coaching, that's fine. As yeah. long as you get stronger. You can't be like, yeah, I just want to like do Pilates. Like, okay, well then get a Pilates coach. Then go do, yeah, go get a Pilates coach. <laughs> uh, so for me, I have some basic minimums. You have to at least been consistently squatting, benching, and dozing with the barbell for six months. You cannot come to me saying you've never done barbell back squat and you want me to get you to a platform because I think that online coaching, can I get you do, doing that? Yes, but it's going to be tough if you've never even done a barbell back squat to get you like to follow the program well and like I have to do a lot of teaching with video where I feel like at that point you might need to do something in person with someone just to understand how to move underneath the bar before you get yeah. to me so six months of SPDing on your own consistently too like I'm like if you tell me like oh yeah I'm in and out the gym like I won't take you but if you're like hey like I have been consistent for the yeah. last six months I train three times a week that's fine um and then, yeah, you have to want to desire competing. It doesn't have to be soon, but you have to be like, I want to step on the platform. That's really it. So I think it's very fair. It's just like, I won't take someone who's never stepped foot in the gym. And if we don't want to compete in the sport, I just feel like personally, there are other coaches that will definitely take you on who will love to work with you. But I'm so obsessed <laughs> with, powerlifting. with powerlifting that I know I won't give them the type of attention they would really need because I would definitely, I, I want to say favor, but I would definitely want to look work more with people who are piloting because that's what I love. And I would never want to have someone pay me the same rate. And I know deep down, I'm not giving them the same kind of attention. So I, I take people on who I know I'll give them my attention. Um, yeah. And then and funny enough, easier... 
Like I, <laughs> my whole roster is women, but I do take on men. Just know, I do. Do you have are all of them women? That's so funny. Hundred percent women. Thirty. That's good though. Good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, just say no. It's not. It's not a requirement. So you can. This isn't on purpose. <laughs> good. Oh, uh, that is. That's funny. I did have um, I guess one of the. I mean, now that we're on the the topic of of coaches and female coaches or the lack thereof, um, especially reputable coaches, I feel like there's just not a lot. Um, and so it's interesting because I have have clients who they want to work with women specifically just because like they're women, they feel more comfortable. You know, we got monthly shit going on that, you know, it maybe you're not comfortable talking to, you know, a male about that's fine. Um, and so I'll have co women who come to me specifically because they're more comfortable working with a woman. Um, but then, you know, it's like off the top of your hand, like, who do you think of as female coaches? Like, there's not a ton, right? Like, so, me, if you're like, okay, give me top three female coaches in powerlifting, like right now, like nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, Kelly Mann. Female? Okay, yeah, female. I say Kelly Mann, okay, I know she's, she's kicking butt. And I love her content. And I know she's gotten people super strong. And I'd be like, okay, I would think of you. And then I'd be like, okay, who else? Um, Sam Calhoun. Like, she coaches. She's got a full team. And, yeah. and they all wear her shirt and scream, don't be weak. And they're such a family. I'm like, clearly, it's so funny. over there. But that'd be like, just who I think of on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and you, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, there's, I'd have to think about it for a yeah, minute, you know, as opposed to like, I don't have to think you could name, yeah, you can name 10, right? Like off the bat. So, but that's good that you have, I mean, have females um, that want to work with you. It's, I love it so much. And also it's like, I remember when I started to make my content, because the reason I have all females, like my content just seems to be geared more towards female. I think now it's more neutral, but like, it was definitely heavy on like, I want women stronger in sport, which is what I do want and love. Yeah. But I remember getting, being scared. I'm like, yo, probably already a niche. And now I'm just talking a lot to women. But it was the best decision I could have made to like really niche down that way. Because the people who come to me for coaching, nine out of 10 times are a perfect fit for me. Mm -hmm. I may not have people coming every single day for coaching, but I will get a good amount of inquiries to the point where like I can be on my full capacity. And like they are all females who want to compete who understand yeah. the idea of how I coach is due to paying attention to my content for a while. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is great because I just get people who like vibe. And that's why I think it's important to like provide content and some people might get annoyed with it, but it's like, you're, you're providing free material, free, free advice for education. Um, and I think that's, important especially as a you know if you're a lifter and you're looking for a coach you want to work with a coach who is knowledgeable and is actively learning and you know if you're posting stuff like that you know it's like okay she's she knows what she's she's talking about I do think it's funny though when you say um that you're initially was kind of like the the content was geared more towards women and um when I rebranded my business because before I just had a website I didn't really have uh, like an official logo or official colors or anything like that. It was just like my website was kristendunsmore.com. And I'm like, who wants to be like Kristen Dunsmore coaching? Like, that's stupid. 
<laughs> so that's kind of why well, it's like <laughs> I was like wait a minute <laughs> yeah I'm like who watched it you know like team Kristen Dunst or like that's <laughs> so um yeah when I did it I was like well I want to I don't want to exclude you know men or women I, I want both um so it has to be kind of like a neutral I don't want like frou-frou little flowers and pink it's like I want something that shows like you know I I work both um, I will say that I think working with Juggernaut in the past has helped me just because a lot of their following is mostly males and a lot of them have probably just followed me through through them. Um, so I don't know if I'd have as many male clients as I do now otherwise. Um, I would like to think so, but you never know. See, it's funny too, because for me, I used to be affiliated with Ghosty Powerlift and a lot of people follow me through Ghosty Powerlift. So like, that's also kind of why I ended up kind of niching. I was like, I feel like half the time people say it's how I found you. Well, who know? Obviously women are following them. So like, that's who's following them. I was making content for them. They're posting my content like twice a month. So people kept finding me there. And then when I made the powerlifting podcast, like the, I think the first episode was why women should be in powerlifting. And, like, and that I think really? is still- Yes, and that's still, like, one of my top listened to episodes because, like, it's the first one you see. So I'm, like, mm. it just kind of happened. And then, funny enough, yes, my template is now pink. It's, it's pink, Kristen, okay? It's pink. Hey, no nothing sh- wrong with that. No no shame with pink. It used to be red, and I had one client, only one, no one else, reach out to me and be like, yo, the red is so intense. It makes me feel like you're angry. And I changed it to pink that's why I so like my colors are uh, like a blue color so this sounds so dumb and I hate admitting this but the gym that I work out at the the colors like the the racks are red and it annoys me and I want to be like can you paint on black because it doesn't go with my my Instagram colors like <laughs> I'm not even mad at you like, this like, isn't matched listen you post so much content from the gym I'm thankful that at Signature Fitness, like, the racks are black, and then we have a room with, like, all windows, so, like, the light hits you. Because I'm like, this works out great, because I used to work at a gym that was yellow. Oh, God. I was like, it's not working for me. (laughs) Yeah. The gym that I, I don't know if you ever see me post videos, but there's a big-ass dragon on the wall. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I try to, like, fight it, kind of, because it's just a big, giant, red dragon and it'd be really cool if like my colorway was red but it's not it's so like can you paint this dragon because it doesn't go with my feng shui <laughs> i know it costs you like ten thousand dollars or whatever but you know can you just make it blue You're like don't worry i'll pay double for my gym membership this one month that like, <laughs> won't even cover anything <laughs> oh not even close not even close but yeah, when he painted it, I was so pissed, like low key. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, that's so sad though. Like, that's my reason that I get like, you know, because the gym has red in it. Listen, like, what? <laughs> listen, we are all out here promoting ourselves online. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. It's just sad when I say it out loud because I was like, I know this is stupid, but <laughs> it really bothers me. <laughs> well, I think the listeners mostly understand online presence, so they'll. Maybe you'll understand. I'm gonna think it's stupid too. Who knows? Who knows? But oh, that it's totally stupid. They should think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. <laughs> okay, it bothers me. So whatever, fine. Another random question though. Who do you have like an ideal 
client that you like or get really excited about when this type of person wants to work with you? I mean, I like working with elite or strong, very strong athletes. Um, they're just fun to work with just like, and I'm just going to use Chelsea as an example. Cause she's probably the like top lifter that I have. And she was always like elite, right? Like when, even before she worked with me, she was competing and she'd always place top five at nationals. Um, and so it's really cool is to take an athlete like that and like take them to the next level. Right. So that's been really cool. And she's also just very good at communicating, so every workout that she has, she leaves comments on like every workout just about she, you know, posts most of her videos. Um, she's very good at telling me what's, uh, you know, like her, I don't know, she's in school. And so we've had to do a lot of like adjustments just because of her schedule, but she's very, very good at communication. And you can kind of tell when, you know, you're initially talking with someone um, if they're kind of like that type A or like for me, I'm the opposite. So that's probably why I need someone who's like type A. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say, but those are also very like, how many elite clients are you going to have? Like two, maybe if you're lucky, three potentially, but they're, they're kind of far and few in between. So, um, but those are always fun to me, but I really enjoy even beginner lifters too, which is funny. Cause like, you know, they're, opposites um but then how excited they get with their training and it's like when they hit a PR every week or you know a rep PR they're just you know like all the newbie and they're like PR 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 they're so excited and so into it and it's like you just kind of remember when you first started and how fun lifting was and how like how fast you were getting strong and how like just a, a great motivator that was love it what about you I have two so I okay. also have, like when you said, like the beginner, like I yeah. love the exact reason you said, like everything's a PR, like yeah. just ready to get started. And it's also, it's fun because a lot of times I will get someone who I'm like, okay, honestly, we need to just get you like to squat bench and develop more because you're not used enough to movement to really master the movement. And then you need to just build muscle. So like the first program is very much like, let's just lift some heavy stuff and then like get you to understand how to properly squat in a way it looks better for you and properly bench like it's a lot of like technique in the beginning and i yeah. love coaching the shit out of technique i love being <laughs> all right i see like six problems and by the end of it you're gonna look amazing and it's great <laughs> like the more they come to me like with the most jacked up squat bench and deadlift the more they're like so astonished when like by the end of the first block their squat bench and deadlift completely different and it's just so fun how i'm like i feel like i'm working with like a, a child a challenge yeah. is happy. So, so let me go ahead sorry uh and I was gonna say the other one for me for me is not elite and to be honest I've only ever had one person ever come to me who was already like prime time on nationals so mm -hmm. for me it's the person who has been competing for or like at least training for at least a year and they come to me and they're very type a and they have all their old programs oh and my god yes they themselves have noticed their own trends and they're like, Hey, I'm coming to you. Cause I think you can help me get stronger, but also here's exactly what, what wasn't working, what seems to be working that we adjusted. And they just have data because I was talking to Steve Novi about this. He was um asking like, Hey, what do 
like, cause I, I follow up now and he was like, Hey, like, is there anything about our content that you feel like doesn't resonate with you because you have a different clientele that's more beginner. And I was like, a big thing for me is you guys talk a lot about like what to do with the data to get a new client started. And I hardly ever get data. I don't get nothing. They come to me. I've been, I've been training for a new lifter. ain't got diddly squat. They were doing yeah. random stuff. I don't know what the hell was going on. Or they show it to me. And it's like, this is not even coherent, bro. Like you were just scraps on like just random <laughs> words. I'm like, forget it. So like that's yeah. I actually got someone this week who's just like that. Like, like she's so type A, gave me her last nine months of programming, identified what they adjusted the last month to make it better, what she think wasn't as good and what wasn't working. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. just so excited tonight to go through all that and be like, yes, like I get to <laughs> learn about you so we can like get started in a, in a good direction faster versus like even the beginner like you can kind of do whatever with the beginner but at the end of the day it comes to that point where they're no longer a beginner and you have to really figure out okay what gets stronger do you need volume do you need more hypertrophy do you need less like and you don't know that at all in the beginning you're just giving them like squat fish and deadlift whatever uh, and when you first start off with a client I find myself not the same program, but you take a program that was probably similar to what they have other athletes that you've worked with in the past that are like maybe a similar body type or experience level. And then you kind of like mold, like over time, that program becomes more individualized, but you're always starting off with not generic because it's not generic, but more of like a, a general training block and then you kind of get more specific as you learn the athlete um if that makes sense Mm -hmm. uh when you kind of when you were talking about technique it's interesting because you are you not not a technique nazi but are you really really adamant about you know like perfect technique right in the beginning um, I want to get in there as fast as possible if I see like really big red flags like hey this is just clearly yeah week or longer because what I found um like when I started coaching I would almost over coach so I would see someone squatting and then I'd have you know 12 different cues to work on and I I feel like I over coached right so then they're going to the gym and they're like I gotta do this 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 and this and they're like wait what was the first one that I was supposed to you know and so with newer lifters especially just because they're still learning the movement and just by practicing more, they're just going to get better as they, the motor learning pattern. Um, so I sometimes will just, uh, when I look at, unless it's like dangerous where I'm like, Hey, you're going to like hurt yourself if you keep doing that. Um, I'll kind of just be like, okay, good job. And this time like one cue at a time. And so it might take a little bit, longer but I find that it's easier for them to like retain and then once they've kind of ingrained certain um cues then we move on to the the next but I actually now tend to not under cue but let them self-correct in a way that makes a lot of sense one thing I say on a lot of my calls especially with brand new people I do stress that I tend to give one cue to focus on for the week for each lift yeah. because yes, overcoaching, I used to do that too, for sure. <laughs> it's like a yeah, paragraph. Oh my God. Yes. And they're like, wait, come on now. This is too much. They're like, oh my God. 
what yeah. I found though is like you can still I still end up with like depending how jacked up they start <laughs> a big results difference in the end because if you also program specific movements that kind of restrain them and kind of make them have to self-correct that mm-hmm. combined with like focusing on that main cue that's going to clean up a lot of it is huge like yeah you know, we all had the person who like they have no control when they go down like you know you get the new person and they're like yo like you're just like dropping and, and trying to stand up and catch yourself you know what i mean you just like dropped to the floor mm-hmm. all right so if i give you tempos or pauses this is gonna get better without me telling you not to drop down super fast. I can just give you a tempo. Like yeah. a real person who like doesn't understand anything about light drive. If I give you tempo and explain how to do tempo really well, I don't have to keep cueing legs, 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 like yeah. <laughs> slow it down. I still feel like I'm learning how to use my legs in the squat. In the squat, not the bench. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, well, I guess in bench too. My favorite is uh, newer lifters learning to bench and like the descent is like all over the place. <laughs> and it's like, just keep the bar straight. <laughs> Those ones are fun because yeah, you need a combination of tempo. And then also it's like, all right, like I do like the open hand test. Where <laughs> I have them have their hands open and they unrack mm-hmm. it and drop it down. I'm like, the bar is in a weird spot in your hands. But if you can unrack it with your open hands and do a rep, that's probably about where the bar needs to be. Because yeah. right now, it's like um, here, or it's like down here. And I'm like, no. <laughs> who is the one? Did we talk about that before? Because I feel like I started using it or I saw it somewhere, but I forget who's the one who kind of. Even though, if you can't tell, yeah. I'm every day of my life. Yeah, Steve made a post about it like a long time ago. And like, I bookmarked it. And I, I use that for every brand new person who's like, bench looks crazy. I'm like, okay, let's just start here. Like, let's look at the bar. Yeah. Right I used to do um so especially with newer lifters and maybe that's probably a, a better uh way to have a, a a smooth bar pass but um I would put chalk like in the middle of the barbell and then whatever they hit like on their chest I'm like okay you have to hit in the same spot every time it's so it'd be funny because like when you're done it'd be like they just have chalk like all up and down <laughs> From everywhere that they touch the bar. That one. That's a good one for the person. Yeah. Like they hit like once it's everywhere. The, then it's the hot is now it's below the bra line. Like wait, what happened? That's like a four inch difference. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like it's fun to to cue them because they they can visually see. Okay, like obviously I'm not touching at the same touch point every every rep. Um, so that was a good one. Oh, what other cues do you have? Any fun ones? Oh, I use the tits to belly cue still. So I will patent that one because that's I'm the only person I've heard use it. <laughs> Even though it's like, to belly. It's the belly, yes. So that is when you have that person who arches their back as they start their squat, like to do the whole stripper booty mm. squat. Yeah. All right. Cause again, I'm mostly female. So I'm like, bring your boobs or your tits like towards your belly button. Cause right now you're bringing them away from your belly button and you're like straight <laughs> up like arching your back. Like you're trying to do a you know stripper thing on a pole, so we're gonna yeah. put the belly button and then okay, start. okay, that's a good one. I used to uh, to teach like the hip hinge. I would say have sex with the bar. Really? Yeah. What does that even mean? Is that how you get so, like? Are you trust it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and this would be for people who would kind of lock out with their low back during the deadlift. 
So um, yeah, sometimes to to kind of cue the hinge, I would just be like, just have sex in the bar, just squeeze the glutes and you know, thrust, put your hips through. <laughs> and I, would, I don't say that to every client though, because you know I feel like there's like certain clients you can kind of joke around with, and certain ones that you have to be a little bit more professional. Um, but my clients that I was more friendly with, I would just say something like absurd. Nice. <laughs> Other ones, sumo. I don't, this is not a cue at all, but my client, Shauna, I wonder if she listens to my podcast. So she, first of all, is my longest lasting client right now. I believe we're at five and a half years, but I can double check that. Um, And one time I told her when she was deadlifting, she looked like a dog taking a shit. <laughs> and when I, and then I told her how to fix it, and she never fucked it up again like <laughs> she never had her back that rounded ever again but it was so round I was like that was just your spine you <laughs> to lift it I was like okay you know how dogs look when they're pooping like do the opposite like just straight up do the opposite I feel like that was I guess that's a good way to like make sure they don't do it anymore is just humiliate them enough to be like I will never do that again <laughs> It was via text message or like audio note, so only she's hearing it. But yes, I guess I did. Well, until now that you just blew her under the, what you threw under the bus, and now everyone knows that she (laughs) squats like a dog. She brings it up so often, I'll never let it go. So now, now the whole audience can know. Now hundreds of people can hear it. There you go. Now everybody knows their secret. So that's why I'm going to tell people: you look like you're taking a shit. No, you gotta say a dog. (laughs) A dog taking a shit. Thing, the... I know, yeah. yeah. A <laughs> like the little humpback. I love it. I don't know if you saw my uh, Instagram story yesterday, but my dog got shit on by a bird. I saw that. <laughs> While she was going for a walk, I was like, this is the best thing ever. And then I was like, I shouldn't laugh too much because karma's going to come back and I'm going to get shit on by a bird. So I was like, I should, I should stop not laughing anymore i actually have a fear of what are the what are the ugly gray birds that are all around new york city are they pigeons pigeons yeah i hate them because i watched my mom get pooped on when i was a child by a pigeon and when i see them now i literally like try to like walk far away and like <laughs> yeah they're scary especially when they're in a flock and you just have like hundreds of them flying over you and i'm like one of them is gonna shit i know it was like try to duck for cover <laughs> Well, I think they answered the questions. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. So overall, uh, end take, don't don't let a dog take me shit when you were deadlifting. And uh, yeah, to work with me, you have to be <laughs> training with a barbell for six months. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All, you need. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I will see you soon. Yeah. Y'all catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast.